0: Do you want to go down to a 40-hour week without losing revenue? If you're ready to let go of all the extra hours, the stress, the overwhelm, and the clients who hijack your time, consider my signature program, Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind. In it, we'll get your accounting practice under control. We'll fix your pricing problems. I'll show you ways to price so you stop giving away the farm so you bring in more revenue for the work you're already doing. I'll help you disengage the clients who are good people but are holding your business back and slowing you down. I'll help you package up your services and design them so they're easy for your clients to understand and choose from while helping you simplify and standardize what you sell. And we'll focus on making your messaging more interesting and compelling so you attract more of the kinds of clients you want to work with and break out of the hodgepodge of referrals trap. We get your prices up, we get your workload down. We standardize, we simplify, we streamline. And we do this at a pace that feels doable, where you feel confident in every choice you make. Prices up, workload down. Registration is open now. We start Tuesday, May 7th. Come with us. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to find out more. Welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help overworked CPAs go down to 40 hours without giving up revenue. My name is Geraldine Carter. I wanna talk today about digital products, what they are, why use them, how they can be helpful to you, and how to know when your accounting practice, your business may or may not be ready for them. As I mentioned in the last episode on productized services, If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen, it's episode 250. As a refresher, think of productized services as a fixed scope service that you offer at a published price. A strategy session, a financial roadmap or a diagnostic. Whereas a digital product you can think of as the effectively zero marginal cost products that sell while you sleep. The productized service takes work for you to deliver, whereas the digital product once built takes no additional work for you to deliver. It's probably easier to understand what a digital product is compared to what a productized service is, but it's likely that creating a digital product is farther away from your immediate reality. Productized services might be a little bit harder to get your head around, but you are probably closer to being able to create one then you might realize. So that's the distinction, the separation between a digital product and a productized service that I wanted to make clear because their names are really similar. So why use digital products? The thing about digital products that's so magical is that they can be part of your ticket out of working all the time. Not never working again, but working all the time. They can be a very nice supplemental revenue stream that if you start building it, they can grow over time. And as you ratchet down one-on-one work with clients, you could potentially, you can ramp up the sales of your digital products. So what are we even talking about here? What are some examples of digital products? Here are six examples, just to paint the picture. An obvious example is books. Yes, there's the paper version, but there's also now the digital version, the Kindle version. And once you write the book, you sell it and you collect the royalties. But for those of you who are not on the path to writing a book anytime soon, there's also ebooks, which are more like 20, 40, 60 pages compared to 150 or 250 pages of a standard book that are effectively PDFs with a cover page. Another example is courses. So think of a course that is five videos long or 10 videos long with exercises and worksheets that you can host on a platform like Teachable or Thinkific or Kajabi and so on. A fourth one is tools like spreadsheets and calculators, tools that help people do things, tools that help people figure things out. And given what I see when I peruse LinkedIn, a lot of accountants, like creating spreadsheets and calculators. So these could be a viable option if your audience likes spreadsheets and calculators. The next one is apps and plugins. So for the technologically minded folks, if you like piecing together apps and zaps and creating those kinds of things that connect up and make workflows more efficient and more effective, you might like the apps and plugins as potential digital products. And the last one is software as a service. So those are six examples of the different kinds of digital products one might create. I'm not suggesting that you think about creating all of those. I simply wanna paint a picture of what's possible when it comes to creating digital products. I wanna give you some ways to think about some pros and cons of digital products so that you understand better where these might fit into your accounting practice as it grows, and so that you build these when your business is ready, but don't build them before your business is ready. And I also want to help you think through who to build digital products for, and how many you might need to sell to make it worth your while. So the pros are, this one I mentioned, that you build it once and it sells forever. Another pro is that it can help sell your higher priced services. So say someone buys your ebook, how to be a more profitable graphic designer for nine bucks. It's incredibly helpful, they love it. And then they come back and they do a strategy session with you for 495 bucks. And then they go away for a couple of months and then they come back and they become a one-on-one client. Your lower cost digital products can help you sell your higher priced services. Not only can they help you sell your higher priced services but you also get paid while the prospect moves up your product ladder. In contrast to paying for marketing to acquire leads, your prospects pay you while they get to know you better and eventually buy your higher ticket services. You might think of this like negative client acquisition costs. Now what are some cons? Of course, there is an investment of time and money to build or write or record your product. And if you're already working long hours, it may be challenging to find time to fit this in. It's also really easy to get seduced into making a digital product before having an audience size sufficient to support ongoing sales. Digital products sound lovely, waking up to money sounds lovely, but if your business isn't ready for it, it's unlikely to work in the way that you might have hoped for. Another con is that it can be tempting to scratch your own itch. To create a digital product about something that interests you but isn't necessarily of great interest to your audience. So when you launch, you launch it to crickets or a handful of buyers. So you want to be sure to test for demand in advance to make sure that there's a line out the door for the thing that you want to create before you go and create it. And the last one here is if it's not evergreen, it might go stale or out of style or out of date. So what you want to do is make sure it's something many of your clients will need in perpetuity. So for example, anything related to ChatGPT is likely to be obsolete or outdated a year from now given how fast that thing is moving. Whereas something more like understanding markup and margin, a simple guide to money for contractors will have much more longevity. So what do you wanna be on the lookout for? What are some of the potholes to keep an eye out for as you're going? The first is that you want to know who you're building this for. If it's too general, if it's not specific or targeted or niched enough, or if it's already out there in the marketplace, it risks not selling well. So think of, for example, a DIY QuickBooks course. What is the advantage to buying your DIY QuickBooks course? What is your unique value proposition for your QuickBooks DIY course compared to somebody else's? How is it better than somebody else's? Why should they buy it from you? Why not just go to Udemy and buy it there? If your product has similar products competing against it in the marketplace, you risk a race to the bottom in terms of price. Your advantage may be that it's from you, it's in your voice and maybe it's targeted toward your niche, but you want to consider if you think that advantage is sufficient to make it worth your while to record that kind of course. Because remember that your time and your money and your focus are finite. So is that finite focus time money, is it best used to create a QuickBooks DIY course or could it be something more specialized, more specific, more niche, more targeted and more valuable that might garner more interest? The second is, do you have the audience to support it? And by audience, I mean client count, Facebook group size, email list size, podcast audience size and so on. The people who follow you, the people who listen to you. If you're using digital products to warm up traffic, a small audience size may not be a problem. But if you're looking to generate meaningful revenue, it's likely that you'll want an audience size in the thousands, even better if it's north of 10,000. An email list size of 500 is unlikely to be enough to support digital product sales that create meaningful revenue. By way of specifics, because I think they're helpful, in my own business, I've been podcasting for five years. I've been niched into the accounting and CPA space for three to four years. I've been writing daily emails to my list for two years. I've been hosting monthly webinars for more than a year, and my email list size is about a 1,000 and my podcast episodes get about 1,000 downloads per podcast episode. Audiences can take time to build. You can accelerate the size of your audience growth by marketing and buying Facebook ads, but it's unlikely that a person is going to go from an audience of zero or 100 to an audience size of 1,000 in a matter of months. So this is what I'm talking about when I say, be mindful and watch out for the temptation to launch digital products too soon. It's a shiny object, it seems fun to go and create, so you go and create it and you sink a bunch of time into it and then you don't have enough people to sell it to to make it worth your while. You can do the same math if you wanna create meaningful revenue, call it 50,000, by selling a $250 course, you'd have to sell 200 of them. Using that rule of thumb, you might need about 12,500 people in your audience to support that level of sales. Moreover, if you wanted to create that same $50,000 year over year, you would need 12,500 new people on your list every single year. So there's a marketing buildup that needs to happen to go along with the sales and the numbers and the volume required in order to make this worth your while. It's also helpful to be clear about the purpose of your digital products. Are they primarily intended for warming up traffic or are they primarily intended for generating meaningful income? This isn't either or, of course, but it does help to know the primary reason for doing it. Now, what's the opportunity? The opportunity I see is in making digital products for your niche. I do see some accountants making DIY QuickBooks courses for startup business owners. But what I don't see much of is accountants making short video courses and eBooks for their niche. I imagine, for example, six keys to building wealth for female-owned law firms. What are the six keys to building wealth if you're a woman who owns a law firm? Written by an accountant who has data to back it up. So it's not just an opinion piece. Or profitable farming, how to keep your small farm in the family and not get bought out by big ag. Or a different subtitle, 10 things every farmer needs to know about money and farm taxes. Written by a CPA who knows farm tax inside and out. What this requires is thinking about separating your expertise and packaging it up and selling it separately from the doing. I talked about this concept in episode 250 on productized services and I'll touch on it again here. You know how to help business owners be more profitable and you can help them be more profitable. So think about separating the I know how to and selling it separately from the doing of part. When you can separate the I know how to part from the doing part, then you can take that expertise, that I know how to part and package it in different ways for buyers at different price points. It's the same expertise, it's the same knowledge, just in a different sized box with a different price tag. You can sell the ebook of your knowledge for 10 bucks, You can sell the 10 videos of your knowledge with a workbook for 250 bucks, but they don't get to talk to you for 10 bucks or 250 bucks. If they wanna talk to you, it's $2,500 for the same expertise and the box with the bow on it is the actual live consulting with you to get your same expertise pointed right at their business. The knowledge is the same, your expertise is the same, it's just packaged differently you package your I know how to and you sell it separately from the doing of in a way that isn't trading time or work for money so that you can create leverage and create real profits by increasing the value you're delivering to the marketplace without significantly increasing your costs. So... Digital products can be a wonderful addition to your business, to your accounting practice, if you build the right ones for your audience at the right time in your business. They can be high margin, they can be relatively easy to sell, they can help you pre-filter clients, they give your prospects a low cost, low risk option to get exposed to your expertise before moving up your product ladder and potentially becoming a monthly client if that's what you want. Do we build digital products in down to 40 hours CPA mastermind? No, we don't focus on this before the CPA is working sane hours and has his life back. It is something we start considering in down to 25 hours CPA mastermind. Once there's time, space, bandwidth, and there's an audience and we begin testing other revenue streams. Remember, Productized services and digital products are two ways to increase profitability without increasing the hours you work, without cutting costs or hiring cheaper labor, and without hiring staff to increase the inventory of hours you sell, and without having to manage more people. If you're interested in finding out more about down to 40 hours or down to 25 hours CPA Mastermind, check out GeraldineCarter.com for more. Have an amazing day. And I'll see you next week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Registration is open now, but it won't be for long. Go to GeraldineCarter.com now to enroll today.